Hey guys, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to High Drop, the podcast where I have to trick everyone around me to not knowing when I'm going to start it, otherwise they're going to snake my intro. <laughs> Knox is holding his breath trying to steal it in. Your intro doesn't count. No, it does. It's the only intro. Uh, this High Drop podcast is brought to you by Merm. Yeah. Clothing for people. Wait, is that's that actually the, not. The wait, how do you pronounce? Is it my my Myram? It's not Myram. Myram if you say that again, Myram, I'm gonna strangle you. Myram. You pronounce it annoyingly sometimes. Too, I say Mum. He says Mamadin. Mamadins. 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 You know, like in the movie, they said Mamadin, but. I like Myrmidon because I feel like an Italian mob gangster, just like a Don Juan. <laughs> well, well, Don How is Italian are you? You're like Don. what? You're like a 18th Italian? Well, part Italian. <laughs> How much are you? A no, you're pretty solid amount. Quarter? Quarter. It's not that much. I got about a 32nd, maybe a 64th of Italian in me. But so I'll take it. I've got less roots. I like to just pretend I think it's Italian more like stuff is cool, though. 85% Italian. All right. So we're here at High Drop. What, what's your lineage, Don? My lineage? His lineage? You're like Welsh and some Let's other get that shit. Welsh. <laughs> Welsh. Dylan Welsh Baker, man. Actually, is that even right? I, I always forget. You don't even I know? No. I think you're thinking that because it's close to your I think name. we should all get genetically tested, by the way. Like, Actually, I have it Dylan in my Welsh, notes. I'm going to go Welsh. check. We're going to find out. We're gonna, he's going to get back to us. I, I actually really want to know. You have it in your notes on your iPhone? I'm... There is. There it I'm is. mostly Welsh, a little bit of German, and a little bit of Native American. Probably just like a in, tiny bit. Just in case so that's the out. recipe, guys, if you want to jump far. Over here. <laughs> um, mine is like, I'm Peruvian Spanish. Um, it's my mom's side of the ancestry, Spanish and Peruvian. And my dad's side is French, English. Like Scottish, Irish, I don't even know. Bunch well, of, anyways, bunch so of I people. got some Italian. So that's in me. the heartthrob recipe. <laughs> that's the heartthrob recipe. Pretty much all Italian. That's how you get those blue eyes and dark hair. <laughs> they call it the Black Irish. <laughs> it's true. I got the Black Irish right here. It's actually him. <laughs> Port Irish. That's so I got not. A, he's got a. We're going to have to post a picture of this. Knox has a little stain on his shoulder. A little? That's a, that's a, give it some credit there. It's a big old caterpillar. Right, when I was a little kid, it took up more of my arm. Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, it's not little. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's wait, not so giant. T- wait, it's, if, if you're calling yourself black because you have like a, a square inch of like birthmark. A black? That's a square inch. So that's all I'm saying. You're a square inch on surface area. The rest of you is not. Yeah, you're about ninety nine percent white. Then is what you're saying? Um, no, I'm about. That's where you get all your strength. And <laughs> half Italian. Okay, it's a well, good combo. It sounds like a good combo, but I'm still not buying it with that birthmark. You guys will be the judge. We're gonna post a picture. Diving right in. <laughs> <laughs> Diving right in. We uh, we have some things we have to cover that we didn't last week. Um, but the first thing we're gonna get into is shoes. Zapatos. Dude, I like Zapatos. I like oh, to wear yeah. shoes. Dude, I have to say, I know this is going to come up. We talked about barefoot training last episode. With I have Bar- to say, barefoot yeah. training is legit, but there have been times when I've been super stoked that I've had a pad on my foot because I had a pad and it still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear so I was you. like, you know what? I'm really glad that was there, especially for the, some of those. Some of those. Really like, heel t- sometimes you get those corners. And they're just like, man, I'm just not super on right now. And I'm super thankful that I have that, oh, yeah. you know. 
If you're coming in with an undersheet at a wall with a sharp edge, that's no you fun. You want to be barefoot. You want some leeway. Not only that, I mean, I've trained a lot in Boulder. Maybe maybe enough, I would even Is say. There are a lot Boulder. of rocks. Here? <laughs> I've trained a lot here, and uh, if you've ever around campus specifically, I'm talking about like the CU campus is pretty widely recognized in the parkour community. It's pretty edgy. It's an edgy. A lot of you guys have probably seen or trained at it, you know, various Nat Jam events and et cetera. Um, it's got like these slate, like all the architecture has got like this uneven rock. Oh yeah. And that is a, that bruised my foot one time just because like you landing, you think you're landing in a good area. Nope. You're landing on a diamond of like a thorn in your ankle or heel or whatever it is. So watch out for that. Make sure you, make sure you're real precise when you're jumping into those buildings. But, uh, more, more specifically, I think we're going to talk about. Like suggestions. What do you wear? What, what I'm example. wearing right now. Um, the last couple times we've trained, I've been rocking Adistar racers, which I've been liking a lot. I've been liking them more now they're that popular. they're breaking in and they're getting a little bit wider. They're they're pretty narrow. I have to be honest. They're pretty narrow at first. Yeah, um, I got a wide foot. Mine were definitely too. My, the day I put them on, I don't know if I was wearing shoes all day or something, but I was like, oh man, these things are great. Next day, terrible. Like gotta, they were my, break my toes in. were like overlapping each other. You got to break those in. But now yeah. that I've worn them, I like insisted. I made myself wear them. Not even out training, but just like on a Friday night, to like going out or whatever. They look fresh, dude. They're super fresh. If you're That's looking for a shoe that you can look good in and train, it's a pretty solid choice. Yeah, except now they don't make them. So a classic parkour shoe, <laughs> like That's... fate, is that as soon as everyone discovers it, they get bought up. And the company discontinues the the model, as far as I know. I, I've written multiple. I can't find Adidas racers on the at least the Adidas website. I mean, I haven't looked super hard for them, but you should check your. Facts, there's like right? about three sizes left on the Adidas no, website. No it's like size five and then fourteen. Dude, I've written I'm gonna be honest. Complaints. I put those on, and I was training them for like a week. Dude, your feet and my are ankles huge though. Hated them. Yeah. Like, what was it? What was it? What no, was it? I don't know. Something was going on. Like I wore them for like a week. They felt like bricks, and then I just, like, I trained pretty well in them. That, that wasn't the issue. Just, like, after a week, my feet just felt, like, crackly and, like, Dude, you had the, the ankle clicking back. I remember that. Do you remember that? I, yeah. like, I was like, this is really You took bad. them off, and then you were back to normal. Yeah, in, like, too. a week after it, I, like, I just trained with, like, more minimal shoes for, like, a week, mm-hmm. and I was back to, like, feeling pretty good, but before that, like, my ankles were, like, popping and I had, like, these weird, like, I don't know, it just didn't feel like they were in the right spot. Well, and you yeah, just and going I both back to experienced shoes was fine. Or talked about, like, sometimes shoes wear in unevenly on the soles. Oh, yeah. Just, like, either from the way you're using them or maybe you have, like, a movement pattern that's, like... Well, the padding can switch. Perhaps them. normal. Perhaps it's abnormal and you need to correct it. I don't know. Or maybe I do or something. But if there's, like, edging on the heel, for example, that wears out, like, unevenly, it can... Turn your ankle so that it wants to, like, roll or just kind of sink in in the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it exaggerates any kind of imbalance that you already have. Basically, like, whatever part you're pushing the most on on your foot is going to, like, I don't know. It's going to push that foam down in a certain way, and that's just going to become, like, a a lower spot in the shoe. Yeah. So, like, anytime, I think anytime you have, like, more than, like, I don't know, just a little bit of foam, you're going to have a lot of that. You're going to have a lot of exaggeration of your imbalances. Yeah. Unless you have, like, some kind of shitty foam that's just going to not compress at all. Right. 
and that's not going to work either. Well, then unless you, you have the really magic foam that we're going to create one day. I mean, I maybe. Who knows? Like, <laughs> I would love to make the perfect shoe. I've got no budget for it. I don't know how to make it takes shoes. a lot of work. I don't have a factory for making them. <laughs> if someone just makes it for us, that'd be really good. That'd be nice. Um, maybe they can just throw us some shoes. I mean, we can always come up with a concept and a design and have someone else make it. Pitch it, it to well. some serious Nike. Hitting you up right no, now. No, you know who I would give like to call, send it to? Mr. I'd give President. it over to Puma because they're, they're, I like the Puma Foss. I do. I just I do let them the make me a shoe. Be like, how about you make this? Yeah, okay, that's, let's move on to that one. Let's move on to Puma. I've Puma been Foss is another popular one. The 300s were my favorite. This, the Future Lights 696, what is it? Uh, 698. 698, whatever it is. The Future Light, um, those are real popular. I've got a pair of those as well. Future Light has uh, maybe a millimeter and a half more padding than the, the Fosses. I like the Fosses a lot. I actually don't wear my Fosses as much um, because I just don't. They don't make them anymore, so I want. I will say that the futures, the futures are definitely more <laughs> styling. Yeah, they come in a wide variety of delectable colors. Delectable. And uh, the thing I liked about the three hundreds is like there is that little bit less padding, so it feels like I'm getting a slightly better touch. And the mesh on top is like wearing nothing. It doesn't weigh anything. Like it's it's, it's just super light shoe. It's a shoe you don't have to down. break in. You don't have to break that shoe in. It's like you can put it on out of the box and you're ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I was really – or I guess I'm, I should say it's 300 version 2 is the one that I'm talking about. I never really got my hands on the version 1s, but those are so rare now. I don't even know if they're worth addressing. Yeah. But uh, – Have I got a pair like three weeks ago? Really? Well, good luck. I hear those are real popular too. But, but they're eBay. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to the Puma site and getting those. Yeah, there's something you didn't like those shoes either, though. Dylan's had, very particular. <laughs> Dylan had some heel clicking. You had some. You were doing some uh, Wizard of Oz, Dorothy stuff. Yeah, and they're red actually. too. No, I mean I've I've had. But you're wearing them in the Tempest Pro Takeover video because that was that one week that you had them that you were wearing them. <laughs> it's true. You I did mean, a big I, old jump. I'm very specific about my shoes. I've been wearing the Asics Coritas for a long time just because they're mostly, I don't know, they're much thinner sole, especially like they still have the heel heel drop, which I am. Yeah. You just can't find a shoe without. It's impossible. It's just impossible. So that kind of sucks. But the toe, like I really feel like I have a lot of like, I can really feel where I'm going. I have like really light touch on everything um, with the Foz, with the, the Addy Stars, all those Shit shoes, <laughs> big old foam. You shoes. heard him, guys. <laughs> Get your no, no, shit no. together. I, Dylan doesn't approve. I don't, I'm not like super against them. It's just like when you find something that you like, it's hard to go to something that is like mm-hmm. almost there. So like they, what do you like about the three hundred? The Coritas. So I'm still gonna buy them and I'm wear them until. I mean, I'm I still. A... I've got the Foz. I've got the <laughs> fucking uh, Addy Star Racers. I've got like other shoes in my closet that yeah. I've never worn. <laughs> And I'm just never. I'm not gonna wear them until the Caritas die on me. I just ordered a new pair of Caritas. Dope. I think I might try those again too because I really like my Caritas. Yeah. I still got mine. They, actually, I don't think they, they make them. In my what style. didn't you like about the Fossa, real quick? I don't remember. Like, yeah, I, don't I mean, like them. It, I could you not pinpoint it again? I think it's all kind of the same thing for me. It's just like so much foam, like a ridiculous amount of foam between you and the ground and I don't know like for some reason my body just doesn't like that and I think I had like a little bit of heel, heel click one that day. sucks that yeah. it wasn't I don't know if it was like reoccurring I think I might have been able to fix that with just form. so you guys know what we're talking about it's like when you're if you've ever experienced this you might have it's something I've had to pay attention more to because it fucking sucks first of all it's like <laughs> your arches and your feet collapse if you're getting lazy with your precision 
or if your shoes are like yeah, but it, I think it you. almost sometimes the I think it's the padding like you're talking about. It turns your your sensors off and your feet. Yeah, and that's how your your ankles can kind of get lazy, and then my arches collapse. You get some kind of like rotation almost. Not rotation, but your your inside. Your, your heels high five, together. basically, real hard. Not your heels, but your, your ankle ankles, bones. Right? High one. Right? You're There's talking high one. bones, and this they just that those two point. inside ankle bones just tap each other. It's sharp. They do Super a solid. The thing is, it, it doesn't necessarily hurt. It just pisses me off. I'm just like immediately <laughs> like that's a bad landing. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? I, I feel you. If I can avoid it, I I rather would. <laughs> you know, just like I'm gonna and wear. You find it. that the Kratos don't. The Kratos, I never do that in them, and. It's probably because they're a better shoe for me. I think, I think you, there's you something find to that. a shoe that works for you, keep wearing it until they fucking discontinue it inevitably. Like, That's the, what like the Vanquish. Over, yeah. Except those were probably shit. I love them. <laughs> dude, I love the Nike Dart 7s, dude. Nike, the same as the Vanquish for a while. I still have mine upstairs. I won't get rid of them. I did like the Vanquish. I had this funny thing that kept happening with the, the Adidas Vanquish. They would wear out in the same spot every time. And it was the top of the mesh. For some reason, there was, like, this little <laughs> slit that would develop, like, right across the tops of my toes. And for some reason, it would just, like, it would rip. And it would just gradually rip all the way across until I could just pull the mesh down and put my whole toe through. I could just put my whole, like, front of my foot through the top of the shoe. Great. Yeah, it was pretty great. I would mess around <laughs> with that a little bit. I think um, the Gremlins have your shoes or at least one of them still. They're holding it up as a trophy. Oh, yeah? They're going to try to sell it? I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, are there any other popular ones? What's K-Swiss just came out with like that one S-18 or something. I don't know what it was. You guys seen that? Oh, S-18s? Dude, those yeah, have been around forever, dude. Well, they, oh, they, they, they just discontinued or something, and then they came back. They brought them back? And people were stoked about them before, and now they're... People were super stoked, super stoked I guess we're not really up to date. I feel like that's a shoe that everybody... <laughs> is stoked on and we're just like what is that well dude <laughs> i know help just got help again help in the podcast every podcast we gotta talk about him once uh helps just got a pair he seems pretty stoked on him the grip looks or he says is good and dude uh, a lot of people from like uk and stuff I'll tell you what, though, old videos and stuff yeah the, actually, the kid, that, that. those ones don't have a there's a little bit of tread it's minimal but there's tread on the bottom like there's little ridges or whatever obviously you're gonna wear that in but yeah but that bothers me. And you know, that was Travis's favorite shoe until they destroyed it. Basically. I will say that it looks like it has a wide toe box, which I can appreciate. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what shoe I don't like that's really popular. Yeah. Feiyu. Feiwei. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, actually, I'd like anti- to talk about that, too. They... The foam... Like, there's one thing. When you get, like, the Foz or you get the Addy Stars, at least when you put your foot in the <laughs> shoe, it feels like the foam is relatively flat to the ground. Yeah, when you get the phase, or at least maybe it's the knockoff phase. <coughs> yeah, the foam is in a weird spot. It's like it's on one of the sides, and it's like okay, that automatically like tilts my foot to the wrong. Dude, I got mine down the middle, so I'm walking on like a barrel or something. Like I feel like I'm walking on like a dude. Just I don't even know. My foot's rounded like on the bottom. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it it's convex or con. Is it convex? Where it jets yeah, it's out. Convex. Convex. It's convex. Case, it's like convex. A case. Yeah, okay. My foot's convex is what I was getting out here. Well, your shoe is. No, I definitely feel the, that. But you know what? I, I actually, those are, those are like the low the low ones. Or maybe it's a knockoff version. I didn't get a good version. I don't know. But I've, I've seen several of them. I don't like any of them. And I don't like the rubber. Um, I don't I don't know. I just, I'm not into it, man. I don't know. I'd rather just take my shoes off if I'm going to go that little padding, honestly. But 
Um, I will say that the mids, the Feiwei mids or Feiview mids, if you... They look fresh. They're super fresh. They're super styling. And the, for whatever reason, the mids don't have that issue. The, the rubber's flat on the bottom. Well, dude, do you... Like, have, I actually really are like Are your white shoes. ones knockoffs? Because my legit Feiyus were the same as your mids. No, they, they weren't, they dude. I've seen yours. I've my gray ones? Your gray ones? Oh, those are real? Those were real. But your white ones are bullshit? No, the white ones are bullshit. Yeah, those okay. are from APK. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but actually, APK carries the legit ones now, but back in the day, they were like the, like, knockoff. just the knockoff ones that anybody, that's like the one you would order if you, you were getting them. But now, like, they actually carry the legit ones. As, as a style and shoe, I actually kind of dig it still. Even though, like, as a training shoe, I'm not loving it. As a style and shoe, as a value, it's real cheap. I don't, I don't hate on the fairway, but do not dig on it. Honestly, can I? I have wore the Feiyu a lot, and some of the best training that I've ever had was wearing. I was wearing them a lot, and I think that's because that was a time when I was training barefoot a lot, and I was only wearing Feiyus, and I was ne- I wasn't wearing any pillow shoes at all. Mm-hmm. So I think it had to do more with uh, barefoot training and just like minimalistic uh, shoe attire while training. You know, yeah, yeah. Then you know, like the Feiyu itself. Um, but it was just like nice to have like a cheap shoe. But if I could, thing is the Vivos are super expensive. It's like a hundred plus for a barefoot shoe. Yeah, so that's a Vivo. So like, the Vivo we've talked about them a little bit actually already, I think. But Vivo is like one of Apex Movement sponsors. Although I still haven't seen a shoe. <laughs> Since like, I've not, I mean, I've gotten one free pair. It's of been a Vivos. while. Gotten one free pair of Vivos, but it was before I was ever on the team. And since then, no shoes. Dylan got so a pair and he like smashed the foam out of it in one height drop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Dylans were the best shoe they ever made for training and for styling, honestly. The Vivo Dylans, they don't make them anymore. anymore. Oh, we were, we were talking about the factory. Tell them why. Go ahead. And... Oh, this is why, guys. Uh, so you can tweet at Vivo Barefoot and tell them to get a new freaking factory. Uh, they can't bake the clay. Or they, the ovens, they can't bake the rubber onto, like, the the shoe anymore. The way they made the Dylan shoe was they baked it on, and now they can't do that because the ovens don't get to the right temperature. I don't know how it goes. So the rubber so I'm not a shoemaker. screwed up, or the factory. But they have, like, yeah, now they can't do the good rubber. The there was this dope rubber. Legit. They have it no more. And not only that, the styling has... It's ultra whack. It's just... You can only get, the, like, the shoe that you would want to train in in fucking bright red and blue. With white laces. It's like... <laughs> yeah, what you know what, though? Going for it? It, I took those weird. shoes to Buffalo Exchange, and they took them up for a solid amount of store credit. It's pretty oh, good job, dude. I might, I might do that. Yeah, pro <laughs> tip. Take your unwanted shoes to the Buffalo Exchange if you live wherever there is one, which I think there's several in the, in the States. That's I find that channel. a funny like, marketing <laughs> tool. Like, I feel like they're just like trying to stand out so much. <laughs> like, what? You're already wearing barefoot shoes. Like, do you really want to stand out that much more? Yeah. Well, they like, have can, some can that are like dialed down. Just a they have some like there. dress shoes or whatever. Yeah, but like, those are extra that. expensive, and then they're also not very durable. They're like, not as functional. Like for what? They're you super pimp though. You've seen Doctor Ken? Oh, he's looking like a G. Yeah, straight up. But it's not what I want to train all the time because I'd worry about getting a scuff mark. Shout out to you know, Dr. Kenneth Cow, stud muffin these days. He is. He is. He's dressing like a beast. But anyways, I'm uh, not trying to get those scuff marks on my fresh shoes. It's just not allowed. Yeah. But anyways, back to Ken again because he's um, real strong. If you guys don't know who Ken is, we're going to give a quick shout out to him because he's super smart and he's helped me um, progress a lot He's helped as me athlete. a lot as well. He's a chiropractor, nutrition 
um, expert, I would say. I go to him at least once a month. And also, what else is, I mean, he does, he's a pole fitness a, champion now. Yeah. He's also a practitioner of parkour for almost, or maybe over a decade. Yeah, over a decade. Um, one of the OGs in the United States. And just, is you could, you could go on and on. He's an author. He writes, like, science fiction. Um, yeah. He's, he's a very Korean haircut. Just go to vitalbalancechiropractic.com if you want to learn more about him. Or if you live in the Denver metro area, I would highly recommend him for any of your athletic, especially parkour, like, needs. He's, he's, helped, a, he's helped a lot of people. He's, he's super he's book solid. Right but if you can get in there, he's... Uh, He's the man to go to. Yeah, dude. If I didn't have him, he understands parkour. That's the biggest thing. Is like, yeah, he gets it. He knows. He knows. He knows the injury. He knows what to do, and he really likes to figure problems out. So, it's problem solver, dude. If I didn't go to him, I would. There are times I'm just like, I need Ken. Like, I seriously like, I need to get. I got addicted for a while. I had to like wean myself off. I was like, all right, you can be a person without like getting adjusted every every two weeks. Yeah. You're still an athlete. You got to beast out. Sometimes I get in the mode where I'm just like trying to optimize so much that if I don't have every little thing, I think I can't do the things that I used to do without any of those optimization techniques. You know, <laughs> it's like all right. Sometimes I gotta get so a little less obsessive. Um, all right, I think we need to maybe get into parkour shoes that have been made for parkour. Oh my god, the Ariaki. We can't. We can't just. We can't just, we can't just not, not talk about so that. So we've talked a little bit. Is there any other modern shoes that we want to cover? Olo. Let's say with the Olo. Olo, Olo wait, no. That one's going to fall into this category. So let's go from the... So we want to start let's at the start beginning. Let's start with way, way back. So yeah, let's start let's work our way forward. Let's yeah. work our way forward. Ariaki was the first. Ariaki. Did, was 510... Did 510 make a... 510... I don't know if they did. No, no they, they made it. It was like an approach shoe, wasn't they it? They made technically? a specific free range. I think they did make a specific free range. I don't even know. Okay, let's talk about the Ariaki. I called it the Teriyaki, first of all. I started with those. Actually... We call it the Clowniaki. I think it's like skate, skate shoes. I call mine the Teriyaki because I had that little slit that developed, just like we were talking about <laughs> oh, yeah. on the Vanquish. Oh, no. we yeah, all had this thing that happened. Right? I, I, I was too. couldn't have been more stoked. I like <laughs> so embarrassing <laughs> when I first got my Ariakis. Oh my god, I was so pissed because they were the half size too small, and I was like. Super excited! I was like, "I'm a parkour athlete now. <laughs> I, I, I made it." Dude, like, I did the same. And <laughs> the same. This is it. I was putting them on. I was like, "These are beasts. I'm gonna be able to do anything." And uh, obviously, that was not the case. And uh, the shoes were okay. One, they needed the, loads of breaking time, or else you'd rip the eyelets out. The first oh. little scratch or wall run on the tip. Oh, yeah, the you get plastic the fucking eyelets. teriyaki slip. Dude, within the first 10 minutes, I ripped an eyelet out on that shoe. <laughs> but I think the first time I put it on, I ripped one out. His foot just I was went just in. Like trying to you wiggled like, your toe, and it just tightened. You were, just just tightened you were installing like a... your shoe onto your <laughs> They were like 100 bucks, too. Yeah, dude. They were absurdly yeah. overpriced. I had the dorkyakis, the ones that were like... The cloudy ones. ones, the green the and the purple and... Dude, actually, I had two pairs of those. I had one... The They're first... like green and purple and what? Blue. Blue, yeah. yeah. And Blue. white. Those things were hideous. I wanted the orange one, the orange and black. That one I thought was cool, but they, they hadn't had – That was had super OG. It was super OG. That was the most OG. That was the first model was the orange one. Or the lights. They, they made some oh, lights. Let's go to the lights. Mesh. The, the, mess, the, the light mesh, mesh was awesome. An awesome shoe. They discontinued it, kept making the shitty one. Dude. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you made a better super version, mesh. and then you went back to the original. Yeah, because the biggest problem was that it was so thick. It was like a cast on your foot. Dude, you know? the light mesh was not as bulky. 
It was way better shoes. Ben, did you guys see the last version? That might have been my favorite shoe. Those Bumblebee ones? Dude. They were so fucking bad. Dude, I got a free pair. Oh, baby. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this? What? I went home a couple of weeks ago, or whenever I went, for my birthday, like a month ago, let's call it that. Um, And I'm looking at my closet. Hmm, let's see if there's anything that I'd want to bring back to Colorado, right? Uh Uh-huh. I'm checking out this, like, this thing that hangs from my, um, whatever, my... My rack of clothes, my closet, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever you yeah, call the that. bar that goes along the bar. your closet. You're hanging something from a bar. This is a shoe hanger thing. And there they are. The black and yellow bumblebee. You had those? I got a free pair as well. Oh, <laughs> because you're on the tribe? Yeah. yeah. That oh, there were the God. tribe colors. Do you know how stoked Mark was? <laughs> <laughs> yellow and black. Dude, Dude that was stoked. right about when those things got released. They were the tribe colors. That was like around the time no when they were going out of style. And, like, they had one last shot, like, oh, they're making the Ariakis? All right, let's they're, they were Well, they went even further <laughs> in the wrong direction with <laughs> those were, shoes. They were, those were so bad. The mesh was better than the, the original uh, material, the leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was almost like between the, the, the light mesh and the, the OG version. Yeah. But it was black and yellow. Dude. <laughs> it was just not so I Dude, I just don't understand. Like... How does a big company like K-Swiss not <laughs> do market the, research? Yeah, the How do you not do market research and be like, yo, what do you want in a parkour <laughs> shoe? Like, you're the people who are doing parkour. What do you want? Yeah, who are they asking? Like, who do they ask? Who is this? Like, who's, who's this is the product that we want to make. I think they'll buy it. And then you just do it? Like, geez, Well, you know, Sebastian so helped him design it, supposedly. He helped work on the original prototype of oh, shoe. Fukan? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean... That, back go, in the day, that was a pretty legit there. shoe. Probably when Sebastian was coming up with it, that was kind of the style. Well, they probably tweaked it quite a bit from what he wanted. Well, even even <laughs> like even time, even if they didn't, I wouldn't like blame Sebastian too much oh, no, because I'm not like, him. first of all, that was way back in the day, and like he probably didn't know much about um, whatever minimalist foot, you know, biomechanics, biomechanics, and the recent studies that have come out and people strengthening their ankles or whatever. But furthermore, like. What was I going to say? But uh, I think that was kind of the style anyhow. Just like everyone was wearing those big pillow shoes. No one was really having to be super precise. They were taking a lot of height drops. So it was kind of maybe the kind of the thing to do, you know? Yeah, manpower gaps. When you're jumping around in Casino Royale off 40-foot cranes, you got to wear some shoes. You want a little bit of padding. (laughs) But, dude, I get into my closet, and I was like, not bringing those home. (laughs) Those are staying right there. (laughs) Those things were hideous, man. Yeah. Okay, so we got more. For, real quick, yellow real is quick. the worst color for anything. Don't make anything yellow ever. It's <laughs> the worst color. By far and away, I hate yellow. Do you guys like that color? Um, it's one of my least favorite. Uh, it's the color of flowers. Some Which of flowers? The worst ones. Uh, I agree. Um, also, the sun. Egg the sun's yolks. all colors. The atmosphere Egg makes yolks. it I know, yellow. I know. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm against it. Anyhow, next it's up. just like it's just not. What's, what's after the Ariaki that's been made? So right, we got the five tens. I, I wore don't... those for a little while. I'm gonna be honest. How were they? Until I liked rails, and they, then I was. They like, were called yeah. the free runner, dude. They oh, were five ten yeah. free runners. Yeah, they did. Satchel used to have a pair of those too. I think our buddy Satchel. The funniest thing was like, and then they had the 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 descent or dis whatever descent. Yeah, it was like D A E S E N T or something. They were like ridiculous on walls. 
They like you just, yeah, the grip, the grip is up to a wall, and you just wouldn't. You would. <laughs> you can compress a millimeter. You would just compress an ankle. I was hearing a lot of people were fucking their feet up because it was too grippy. You could compress. They would just like constantly get like that. Compress. They compress or like they snap their Achilles in half. It's just like sticking too much. Yeah. Oh my god. Here's how it would work. If you put five tens on your hands and your feet. And jumped at a wall, just a flat wall. You would stick. You'd, you're Spider Man. You just Spider Man that shit. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, they were terrible on rails. Once yeah, I got into rails, rails, I was like, wow. I also heard that I when they get train wet, they were oh yeah, if they got even a little bit dusty, because they were like climbing shoe, approaching. Was it when they got wet too? So if they, they got wet, if they were they wet, wet, they were really not grippy. And if you jumped they to a rail, so, you were just like they were so non porous that like it was just. Zoop, like I guess, I guess yep. you gotta. The rubber was probably some kind of like nanotechnology where you could. Get the perfect ratio. Yeah. It's, it's a dense. It's a, it was a very like hard dense rubber. It was sticky, yeah. but let's talk about practical. that moment when we graduated from these fucking gimmicky parkour shoes <laughs> up to like real shoes, like Nike darts or. Where, I was, was like, oh, shoe? was it Nike dude, was, I think it I'm was, and I realized, you know what? I should just get a shoe that like people have been running in for a while. Yeah, <laughs> like you, the majority of the things that you're doing when you're doing parkour is running. Yeah, even though I hate running, let's just get that out there. Running, sprinting, jogging. I don't like it. I only like it if I get to do a thing in between a few of those running, jogging, sprinting steps. You know? Yeah. But I figure, you know, if you're going to do parkour, as long as you have solid grip, you don't have a stupid plastic thing in the middle or foam. Yeah. You know, and it's like kind of mint. What's like Nike has been a, you know, a shoe company for a long time. It at least fit my foot. Like, my foot is like, oh, my foot's made to go in this thing. <laughs> Instead of, like, a brick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the biggest no, thing. That, that was, was the was greatest like, oh. moment. It was just like, you know what? I don't need a parkour-specific shoe to do parkour. I was saving <laughs> it was money. Like, it was it awesome, was too. groundbreaking for me. And I, like, switched to, I think it was Nike Darts. And I was like, this is amazing. Dude, I feel guys, so much better. Because they were, like, 45 quick, bucks. Do we, did you guys ever wear the KOs? I had one pair. Two. I ripped them apart in like two months. Actually, I, they were really version, not dur- durable. Neither version made the size big enough for me. I wear size 13s, and they big didn't boy, make Dale, size, make real size quick, 18. It was, I, was really funny. <laughs> real quick, we're stealing real quick from Brendan Shaw. No, no, no. <laughs> Hashtag Fighter and the Kid podcast. They're uh, a huge, hilarious, fun podcast. Definitely. I had to wait out. for that shoe for like six months. Yeah, well, I never got. What one. do you guys think of that? So, no, here's the funny thing. You didn't thing. get it because they didn't come your size, but they made like a post about it, and they sent me a message. They were like, on their their version two or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yo, we got the. This is for those big footed like sas- Sasquatches <laughs> out there." And they, guess what size they went up to? Twelve. God. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, cool, good job, guys." But I'm still <laughs> out of the loop. They were like, guess they what? Me like, "Yo, can we send you a pair?" And I was like, "Nope, still can't." <laughs> Dude, so, did you ever have a pair? I had a pair. It you, took like six months. I went through them like real quick. I agree. They were not very durable. However, mm-hmm. did you like them? Uh, I, I, dug mine, kind I of. wasn't as comfortable like with foot placement at the time when I had them. So mm-hmm. it just wasn't There was that little like, arch thing. I wasn't stoked was... about the foam in the middle, but the grip was fucking The solid. grip was good. Actually, was like the touch too. was pretty good. Yeah. The shoe was light. The, the version twos I didn't like, they were less swagging for sure. They were like, they, they advertised them on the site as black. They came in gray, and they were just whack looking. But they actually, I really liked both of the, the KOs for lack of, I mean, there was too much heel drop. I didn't, I wasn't was in love with them. I didn't know a whole lot about shoes still. I, mean, one time, I, hadn't, I hadn't necessarily hit this point where I was, like, graduating to, like, dope shoes. 
But I do think that the KOs were pretty dope. I would have had them longer, except I just remember this because we brought it up. My shoes were robbed off of me, my KOs originally. Really? When I was in Peru, I went to like this beach with my family, and there was like this sketchy part of the beach. They're so, like, don't go you over there. told me this story. They said, don't go over there. My brother and I and my dad there. went over. <laughs> you went over there we, for sure. No, we rented a motorcycle and an ATV, and we were riding over there. Just because we're like, fuck it, riding up the beach like... Rebels. Rebels, dude. <laughs> Super sketchy part of Peru, apparently. You're not paying attention to any it's, rules. Um, well, we didn't think... This is what happened. The ATV ran out of gas. Because they, they screwed us over with the gas. They didn't fill oh, up you gotta the thing. Oh, you got to bump up the they gas They told mileage. us... My dad literally asked, did we have the... Dude, is there gas? Is the tank's full? They said yes. So we get out there, run out of gas... My dad goes back to get some gas. My brother and I are just chilling, and these, like, homeboys or whatever just came out. <laughs> and they first, they came out, and they were kind of eyeing us. They were just kind of silhouettes. They were a little bit far away. And I was like, fuck, I don't know who these guys are. My brother and I were like, maybe we should try to, like, seem more tough. So we went up and picked up these big sticks that we found on the beach, and the guys went away. And then they came back, and they were just wielding knives. And we are just like, oh, shit, like... Uh, this this could get a little sketch. We didn't know what to do. I was like, "Why didn't you just take off?" I was thinking about it. I was I was wondering. I was like, "I don't know if my brother is gonna be able to run as fast." Plus, I didn't know how fat these dudes were until they got were pretty you on close. ATVs and shit. No, the ATVs out of gas. We're stranded. Oh, Wait, you're not listening to this. My dad's c- coming no, to get gas. <laughs> you're only on your laptop. So they, that they got knives. One of them is kind of a dope looking knife. It looks pretty dangerous. A little crocodile Dundee. The other one's. Just a large steak knife, basically. It's kind of not intimidating. It's like, you just steal that from a restaurant? Like, what's going on here? Anyhow, they come up. They're wielding knives. I didn't know what to do. At first, they didn't They didn't come up like, give us the ATV or give us your money or whatever. They kind of came up, and they're like, are you guys need help? Oh, this is what happened. I forgot. They sent their homie ahead. So you basically just lied for a moment. No, 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 no. I, I did because, well, all that happened, but not in this order. At first, they because I was like, why didn't we just run away? And I was like, we were distracted because they sent their third friend on an ATV ahead of us, ahead of them. He comes up and he's distracting us. While those guys are coming up the beach, the guy's like, do you need help? And he's like, not speaking very good English. And we're like, no, and we're getting kind of sketched out. Like, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Like, we're getting hit from all sides. And sure enough, as soon as the, we're like, those guys about to be in range, the guy just takes off. He was like pretending he was going to help us. Takes off, and then the guys are just flashing their knives at us. I had nothing on me, and uh, they took off. They're like, they're like, take off your shoes. And I thought they were just gonna look inside to see if I was hiding credit cards or cash in there. And they just took the shoes. That was all they got <laughs> for me is my KOs. The only nice. thing I got robbed off of was the KOs. And then I, and I walked back in my bare feet to the beach, and uh, we put that gas in the ATV. And luckily, we didn't have anything. Like they stole my brother's jacket and my shoes, and that was it. Nice. Um, so that's Pretty a interesting story. funny story but anyhow <laughs> what would you have done if they started like going on I was thinking like, about booking it I didn't know if my brother was going to make the move at the same time as me though I didn't want to like leave him stranded you know well I'm yeah. kind of a fast kid but known to, to, to run kind of fast maybe not down a whole two miles of beach I don't know how much steam I would have <laughs> not me but <laughs> Dylan's got about I know I can outrun these Dylan's guys Dylan's got about 20 years and he's stopping I didn't want to leave my brother stranded <laughs> and at the same time I know I don't want to sound tough or anything but I wasn't that fearful I could kind of tell that these guys were showing us the knives they we it was like a drill it was like we're not gonna actually 
try to kill you, I don't think. They they didn't want to do that, you know? Yeah. But they're just like, give us the stuff so we don't even have to pretend that we're going to fucking stab you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It wasn't that scary. On the bright side, I mean, your chaos probably would have lasted, like, another couple weeks. With Maybe the four days. But did I ever show you that parkour <laughs> video? That was the first parkour video I ever made. In those shoes. In, I was wearing those shoes, and it was like I think this you did. three... I don't even know what happened to it. It disappeared, but... One day of shooting in uh, Peru was pretty pretty dope. I'm going to tell you my KO story. It's not exciting at all. Mm-hmm. But it is remotely funny if you were just... If you were just watching the guy warming up, doing some dynamic leg kicks. Just to warm up. The heel drop, it's pretty big. Yeah. And one time on the backswing, it just got caught under the ground. And I just hyperextended my knee. <laughs> <laughs> just on your classic like, well, dude, dude, when you were like down until your toes the balls of your feet were touching concrete yeah. and your heel was still the same yeah, high heel we're the high heel it was like yeah it was like oh, I was going out my calves were looking real long and I was ready for that in the town of those things sometimes shaved legs shaved yeah. those bad boys up alright what were we, what were we gonna right. do before we so we've got on KS? three more as far as I know right. that have been parkour specific shoes we've got the uh, take Flight 1.0. Oh, my God. They made a shoe? I forgot about that. that. Weren't those, like... Dude, I don't... Dude, take a Anything look Take at Flight, this. I just they don't care about They were garbage. Weren't... Oh, my God. Oh, I do know what you're talking about. People were making jokes about these being, like, the Skechers shape-up. <laughs> yeah. They are Skechers. Yeah, I remember that. The, yeah. The God, toes, like, come the off Skechers the top. The Skechers shape-up of parkour. Oh, they my God. That's exactly what you don't want. All right, what... Okay, I didn't ever have them, and I'm assuming they're terrible, so let's move on. Okay, wait, wait. No, no. I kind of want to do a comparison here, though. Should we just order all these? I want to show... Okay. Dylan, you're up. Did you card out? We're not ordering take five <laughs> shoes. Sorry, bro. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do not it. I'm putting money on that. I okay. just want to... Okay, I want to I wanna throw this out there. I want everybody... If you have a computer in front of you, just go, go check out the... Take Flight 1.0. You know, even if... And then go to the NLS1 Tempest free running shoe. Okay. I'm just saying they're of similar stature is what you're saying. Oh, Look, boy. I love the guys. Their shapes are on point. But, but dude, those shapes like, are really close. I, I mean, I think a lot of people dog on take flight just because it's take flight. Yeah. But if you really look at these two shoes, the NLS1 has not gotten any hate. <laughs> and, and it might, I it might it warrant might some hate. a little bit of hate. There I might be some hate warranted by the, the shape of that heel and Dude, its pad. The anti-swagness of the shoe. And it's like, what I like about the Atastar Racer is that you can wear that thing anywhere. And you're going to look real good. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't matter where you go. You're, you're going to look you good. You go to church, and they're going to compliment you on your shoes. You don't even have to touch the holy water and do the cross. <clears throat> you're getting some compliments. You're getting some props for this, this shoes. I think you dude, go with not, NLS ones, they're probably not going to do anything. What? They might be like, those, those soles are real bright. The heel on this NLS it might be one even is bigger. bigger. It looks there bigger. There might be even more heel drop. You're right. Dude, it might it looks, be. The, all right, I'll tell you what. It looks like a KO. It looks like the KO. The KO? No, the KO no, actually dude. was not as bad as this. That's a big old That's heel. a giant heel. Well, like, stop hog- hogging your uh, laptop over there. Only Dude, check that out. Ooh, that is... Dude, that's kind of hot, heel. dude. That's a First high of all, that's a, that's a shape okay, up for if you, sure. If you cut off the edges of it, you'd have yourself a high heel. You'd have that little <laughs> dude, poker right in the middle. If you yeah. rounded the back that of that, no you'd flat. have yourself a shape up. Yeah, dude, you these definitely are both looking shape up-y. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the, the NLS one in person, and it doesn't look maybe that exaggerated. 
But honestly, I still wouldn't wear the shoe just because it's too much fucking heel. Too much foam. Way too much in between me and what I want to land on. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's really that's what it's come, what, comes And like. I think that kind of <clears throat> points to your style and a lot of our styles, um, which is to get a little more technical, we really like precision and stuff. If you're doing a lot of unprecise stuff, you're just kind of landing on the ground, maybe it doesn't matter as much to you as an individual, but... Um, even then, I think like it'd, it'd be better off with to have better touch with the your ground awareness. Dude, I have to say something about uh, climbing and doing like night missions. Oh, when yeah. you have really bulky shoes on, it's hard to climb up r- stuff. Yeah, that's true. It can like really like little things. Climbing that, like, is yeah, little little, little brick point. holds that are like you know a half an inch or so. Stuff you could barely get your fingers on. You know the like the basic ladder ones that you'd see. Yeah. Um, when you have a bulky shoe, they slide right off. You know, you need to be able to put some oomph from your like the ball of your foot up against. Yeah, you want to get your edge it. in there. You want to get yeah. like your pinky toe on it if that's all there's room for, and be able to still it's feel not, confident. It's not as versatile of a shoe, you know. It's like let's take some drops. Yeah, I gotta say, not a huge fan of the NSL. I mean, I haven't even tried it. I haven't put it on, right. but like I needed, I didn't even need to really look further than the picture to be like that's not the shoe for me. Yeah, it's it's a perfect um, shoe for doing a really high wall run and not making it. Just <laughs> up and come back down. <laughs> yeah, you get a nice good grip, and then you have plenty of padding for the impact when you land. Oh, yeah. I want to bring up, okay, one more. I just brought up the Olo shoe. Uh-huh. Actually, a lot of people are pretty stoked on these, actually. Uh, I think Zephyr is wearing Zephyr, these. Pip Anderson wears them. Pip Anderson. It looks to me, I just brought up the picture, looks like the heel is significantly less than the Take Flight one. Yeah, Probably it looks like a lot more balanced. Size. Looks more balanced. It still looks a little bulky. Yeah, maybe a bit. The toe bulky. still looks Wait, a little bit. Wait, is that your like... last shoe? Because if it is, I have another one for you. Okay, well hold on. Let me just okay. let me well, just give like this a little know. critique on all three of the last ones we mentioned. The one of the things I don't like is that the toes come off the ground. It's not like an elf shoe. It's not like curling up ridiculous. But that is not something I want to see in my ideal the parkour shoe. Are doing I want it the too. toes to be on the ground. Even yeah, in a neutral exactly. state. That's the way my foot is. My I don't point my toes up. <laughs> like a We're not elves. Barbie or something. I don't even know what's going on. But elf uh, would be a good one. It's also good with that. Yeah, it's elf. consistently like a little bit more narrow of a toe. Yeah, they, and that's the other thing all these shoes do is they come to... Like, a what's point. the longest toe? The big one. Maybe sometimes right, yeah. the second one. But it's definitely not the little, the middle one. Your <laughs> shoes don't form an isosceles triangle <laughs> at the tip. Pizza your shoes, feet. Right? Like, it's, it, it doesn't make sense, man. Why are your shoes made that way? Your feet are not shaped that way if you're normal. Yeah, so I would say of the three, Ola was looking probably like your best bet, maybe. Can I get a glimpse of that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just give that a little gander. I mean, that's, all, least, that's looking not too bad. I don't know the history behind Olo, but... Is it is it kind of like a a I brand that's like I think it's brought to you by like pretty it's legit people or hardcore. who's I think it's, it? I think I it's by like it, people that are some sort of grassroots. I think foundation. they might have did yeah. I think they did like a Kickstarter. I, think or I don't know. I don't have to look into it, but at least they're like they're they trying. Legit. Um, they might even start. Ma- you know, they might make some better shoes. Yeah, actually, in the I only looked at these the Sapien ones. They might have like different. Well, even in it. the future, um, let's not hate on it because you know, like, because this is a part of these. No. I think these are no, no. I think that well, not only that. What I was about future. to say is, Olo's a. Uh, it's I think it's a parkour company. Like they're trying to make shoes for us in particular. Yeah. So if we support, we we make our voices heard. Maybe we can get them to make us the perfect shoe. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which. Okay. Right, before, yeah, let's go to let's your go shoe. to the, your last. What's thing? the last one that you got? A three run shoe. 
Oh, the three, three one shoe. I forgot about Pull that. that shit up because I don't even remember what it looks like. It's black and red. Okay, let's see it. But at least it's not black and yellow. It's the, it's. The, I mean, black and red are two colors I can get down with next to each other on my foot. I don't know. I don't know, dude. There's also can I before we go on to this shoe. There's something about having a certain color shoe that when you are pointing it out in front of you to land a jump, certain colors can throw you off. Have you ever had that problem? Like, had a shoe be like... Really. If you're wearing a bright orange shoe, just like... I don't know. I've never had a bright orange shoe, though. Actually, okay. <laughs> I've, I've worn I shoes, know what you're maybe saying, like the... Black shoes. The black, I think it happened with the Ariaki, the black and white Ariaki, no, no, no. and I was like, the hell? Especially, well... I mean, I don't do. Oh, maybe it was I try not to do as much gym training, but like the black rails, like jumping to a black rail with black shoes on and the floor is black. You're not getting enough contrast. You just have like no contrast. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I was at the Denver gym one time. And their lighting is like it was the old Denver gym, and their lighting was just such crap. Yeah. And I was like, I just I was having such <laughs> like trouble just figuring out because there's like the floor is black. There's like the black mats, and then there's the black bar. And then you're just like looking with at black these, shoes, with black shoes, and you're just black like, sweatpants. I don't know. What, I don't know what to do here. I can't see anything. <laughs> In pitch black. Where are my legs? Okay, I'm gonna pull go? this picture here. Um, while he's doing that, we've mentioned a few things that we want to see in a shoe. Zero heel drop. A little bit of padding, not very much. Some good. Certainly grip. no more than the Olo has. Maybe even less than that. Good toe room, like good width. toe box room, toe width box, wise. Maybe a little bit of a shape that's a little more similar to what a foot looks like. like when you of... put the shoe on the ground, it's flat. It's flat because the foot is flat. Yeah. I don't want any eyelets to like. I like when the eyelets are part of the shoe. I don't want anything like attached, like sewn on, and then that's the eyelet. Like the eyelet oh, needs yeah. to be part of it. No, it's. I think that like. I think the flexibility of the the. So the foot encasing, it needs to it'd be really good, too. Yeah. Just, it should be light mesh. And Well, uh, you know the, the Nike, I don't know if the three or the freeze, but basically, Halp was telling me about them. Halp, again. Oh, they're, just uh, a they're like a, It's like a sock, basically. You put your, your foot, like, in a glove, and then there's a sole connected to it. Yeah, I've, I've put those um, on. I don't know if I would... Maybe maybe be a better that? version of that. Know. Maybe a better version of the that. The thing is, know? with the Nike freeze, they have those weird, I mean, they're just, like, cubes or whatever, like... They flex on the bottom. I'm not going for the cube. Those are not horrible shoes. I've seen some people like do well on them. Again, for precisions and certain surfaces, I, I don't think they work that well. But all right, let's take a look at these. Okay, so actually, it looks Three to runs. me like there's actually two. They made two shoes. They and then we got to wrap this up. This is way too much on. They shoes. made the 360 volts and now the 720 neon <laughs> volts. What's next? Um, but okay. The tinnity tie-dye vaults. Let's just get through this real quick. I found a got? picture of um, the bottom of it. Cause it looks like it looks like your standard um, running shoe. It really doesn't look a whole lot different than like your classic just Nike running shoe. Yeah, it looks kind. like it was. Um, but if you, I found a picture of the bottom, which is kind of. It looks like a basketball shoe. It looks. It just looks like again your classic. Running shoe, which is that they didn't yeah. pay a whole lot of attention to like what the grip would be like. Yeah, it's like there's like a whole lot of like space, like in the arch area where there's and not. And for sure, like, that's not even all rubber. rubber. That's like it's, it looks like foam, eighty-five percent plastic. Foam. Plastic. Yeah, yeah that's garbage. Front, like you want one solid like, a lot of plastic rubber and thing on the bottom. Yeah, you want like a solid piece of rubber. The Caritos, the, the shoes that we've all mentioned that are dope, the Caritos, Adastar Racers, and Puma Foss. Whether or not you like those three or not. 
Um, those all they have, have a lot of rubber. that in common, at least, is they have that solid piece of rubber on the bottom. <laughs> cool. Well, all right. Let's, let's go ahead on. and move along because that's a plenty of freaking talking on shoes. The next question, Tom Coppola asked us last week as a fan question that we wanted to make sure we address and will be our second pseudo topic of the night. He asked us, gym versus outdoor training, is there a transfer? If so, how much? What for? What about for mental performance, and does the atmosphere of gyms make us babies outside? A lot of questions. It's a lot of questions. Let's go through them kind of one by one. Start of the gym beginning. versus outdoor training, is there a transfer? For sure there's a transfer, I'd say. I'd say the transfer back is way beastlier. Yeah. Whatever you do outside, um, if you're doing it right, was, is worth tenfold of what you do in the gym almost. Here's my take on it. I learned exclusively outside. I didn't have a gym. I occasionally found a mattress to, like, try something, like, kind of ridiculous that I wasn't sure about. But for the most part, like, I had to work with what I had. And so instead of adapt, like, changing the distances and changing surfaces and, like, changing the height just a little bit if I didn't have it, I had to work with what I had. And so I think that it took me longer to progress at first. But once I was able to tap into that, just like, okay, either I have this or I don't, and then I do it or not, that mentality transferred over to my training, and it made me a lot better down the road. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these kids are, and anybody, like, that's training in a gym, that starts in a gym. Well, let's let's hear about what Brent has to say. No, no, okay. I was listening to him, son. Cut him off, try to put words in my mouth. Get out of here. Mr. Cutoff in here. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, you got some cutoff jeans next? I don't have any cut-off jeans. All right, let's... Anyway, uh, yeah, if you, get, if you get started in a gym and that's what you're used to is just being able to manipulate any little any little thing that you want, just, like, change it from, like, heights to distances to surfaces, um, you just become accustomed to wanting to change your environment instead of just adapting. So when you get outside, you're just like... You don't well, know how to progress yourself. I don't know if I can do that things. or not. I'm just not going to do it. Um, so it's just like, it's a different mentality. Yeah. And that's why you see people counting steps and whatnot. And I think, um, that can be a, a crutch. Like we've talked about crutches, I think in the past in this, on this episode, on this podcast. And I think you're right. You need to develop, if you want to train outdoors, you have to do it. You're not going to be able to get everything at the gym is not going to transfer outside. You started sure. in a gym. I started. So I wanted to just kind of hear what you have to say about that because you prefer to train outside. I would now. say, okay, here you're we go. A very talented practitioner, and you have a lot of mental fortitude outside and at heights. Mm-hmm. And your background is originally indoors. This you know, is true. Like from a classroom perspective. I'll tell you that the gym is a very useful tool, especially for me being in the Apex Movement community. Helped me progress at a rate that would, um, you know, I was a fast learner anyhow, but I think the community was was helpful. There was a lot to learn. I could easily find other people that were really talented to give me advice or just observe and train with. And I think that helped push me up. And like, that's how I got introduced to Dylan Baker, who obviously I think has had a huge influence on my training. Training with him has made me um, that way. I would say like, that, (laughs) as we've already talked about, uh, I think (laughs) that I was, I've always kind of had that mental fortitude and I've, I've, even before I ever did parkour, I was doing. Well, that's what I want to say stuff. is like, you might say like he started parkour in a gym, 
But Brandon already had that mindset from skateboarding. And skateboarding, yeah. that skateboarding mindset transfers over really well to parkour. Yes, no. Maybe not like the, the biomechanics. Not, no, not a lot of that really transfers over very well. But um, it, the mentality really does. Because a lot of those skateboarders just have to like, yeah, I'm either going for it. Like, <laughs> and it's all about commitment well. in skateboarding. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, do, you don't land it until you commit. Yeah. And you're getting hurt sometimes if you're not committing. Or you're just taking unnecessary falls, which is the same for parkour, but it can, it can be a little bit more intense when you're going, you know, whatever it is on wheels yep. and having to land on stuff. So, yeah, my background was in skateboarding. And I also just, I had that mentality of, I liked to just see if I could do something. I would be the kid that would be like, you dare me to down, jump down those stairs? Which is a real dumb thing to do, but <laughs> I, like, not even dare me, but I would just, I would like, I'd be like, I think I can jump down those stairs. And I would have all my friends watch me do it, because... Yeah. I was like, check this out, but it was probably real bad for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, oh, sorry. Let me let me wrap this up with just one last thing. Not to discredit that the gyms aren't a very useful tool. I think gyms are great because you can set up replicas, which um, has often been helpful for me for advancing through like a very particular move. For instance, like one of the things I've got under my belt that was sort of. Um, you know, famous for, I guess not famous, but some of the people have seen is the flyaway regraph to flyaway precision on my like only video that I've ever put out. <laughs> but, uh, like that was something, you know, you're not going to find bars anywhere else except inside a gym. And I, I mean, you could, I could have practiced it there, I guess. But, um, the, that specific trick was easy. It was good to be able to set it up to scale with pads and then know that I had the confidence to do it and then be able to go out and I hit it first try. Yeah. Um, on that day because because of the practice I had in the gym. So I think gyms are a very useful tool. If you want to train outside, you have to recognize that outdoor training is very different. You have to have a lot more, like you said, mental fortitude. you got to practice and develop that eye for whatever it is that you're trying to do and knowing that you can do it. And also you have to – hang on, I was going to say something. <laughs> uh, I think you have to – Sometimes treat the gym. This is a good way that you can start making that transition. Treat the gym um, like an outdoor environment. Don't treat move anything. When you walk into open gym. Walk into open gym. Don't move anything, and get creative. Don't allow yourself to make adjustments. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that. Uh, just like Dylan, I um, trained outside solely for the first, you know, I don't know, like couple of years of my training. I had. I had access to a gym, so I had, like, gone in to, like, a place, but it would be, like, maybe a couple times, but it wasn't, like, I was just, like, oh, I'm going to go and just kind of, like, do some double kongs and shit on these, on these pads, you know what I mean? Like, all right, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I had to figure out, like, what to do, like, on my own and what was, whatever was available, I had to work with it. And just like Brandon was saying is, if you go to a gym and you want to pretend like you're training outside, don't move anything. You know, and that's what's great about the gym is you can set things up to scale and work things that are, you know, not at death height or, you know, in a much safer environment, <laughs> you know, and try to, like, test yourself. I, I did that for that the one thing that we filmed. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also good for, like, all right, I'm going to just, like, do some repetition on these flips or whatever. You have, like, a foam pit and you can try stuff. But I've found that, like, lately it's good for, like, working out doing some, like, flip repetition, and then, like, other than that, I just want to do parkour outside. Well, um, yeah. for me, yeah, I want to I wanna say that I'm not totally against gyms either. I actually 
I'm super happy about like being able to do bar work. Yeah, bar work. That was awesome. one of the things that I was just like I was completely lacking in that area. I was so bad at bars. Like I just well, mainly because swinging, like, not necessarily jumping to bars. Oh yeah, I mean swinging. Like lachets. Yeah. Like I just didn't understand it. I would see like people doing them at jams and stuff. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, <laughs> but literally up to like a year ago, I was just shit at bars, and I was like, okay. I moved to Boulder, and I was like, now I'm going to get good at bars. In the last year, I've just been doing almost, like, half of my training has just been dedicated to getting better at swinging. And so in that sense, it was really cool just because, like, I was able to tap into something that I didn't have access to outside. And I don't know if I ever would have gotten good outside just because there's there's so little. like so little. Every once in a while, you And Apex Moon in Boulder in particular has one of the more – Beastly bar setups, especially for an advanced practitioner like you. There's bars that are high up that can really push you even mentally yeah. to go f- to do stuff. And there's, like, lots of different technical, like, arrangements of the bars, I think. So that's a good environment to practice. Um, but, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, sir. I agree. But, uh, yeah, I think the bars, for yeah, for sure it's a good tool. And Jim's, and Jim's the only tool. thing that you have to be aware of is it's unlike, <laughs> it's unlike training outside because training outside... There's more variables, and that's why you're going to be frightened. And even if you're not, even if you're good about not moving things, you're still like very familiar with the surfaces, very familiar with the environment, and just generally just more at ease in a gym because you go there. Yeah. So when you're outside and you just you don't know exactly what it feels like to jump to something, you you just having to gather more information and make you know more analytical decisions outside than you would. All the stuff is kind of taken care of for you in the gym. Um, you really have to, and it feel it's a place made to do it. So you feel like, oh, I'm supposed to do it here, right? But if you're outside yeah. <laughs> on a roof, you know that no one's like making you. Or this is not made for you to I mean, jump. How that. many rails have you broken in the last few weeks? You know, well, I had zero <laughs> rails. I had zero rusty rail breaks in my entire parkour career up until a month ago. Now I have two. Which is, uh, but you don't have to worry about that at the gym. You're like, this is a two inch steel pipe that is not going anywhere. So, you know, like it's definitely slightly different. You know, these walls are solid. You're not going to kick a hole through this wall. You're not going to rip this fence down or whatever it may be. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why when we were saying and when he's talking about transfer, I think gym training transfers outside, but it's it doesn't it transfers like for every it's like dimes on the dollar or something, right? Whereas outdoor training, when you take it back in the gym, the gym feels like home and it's just even easier. If you do something really beast outside, in the gym it doesn't even feel beast anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, and mental performance, we talked about so that enough, right? I think we kind of went through <laughs> all of it. Atmosphere makes us babies. I don't think it makes us babies, but you got to be aware. If you don't want to be a baby, you have to change it up. And Right? I mean, is that basically what we're getting at? I mean, no. if it's it can't make you a baby. baby. Go train it can make you a baby, but yeah, it's it's just because the tra- the training styles are different. So go train outside more. Um, you need to be safe. Train outside. If you know that you have this distance in the gym and you can't apply it outside, then then there may be something that you need to think about for your mental training. But um, it might just be that you need to gather more information and train more outdoors. All right, moving along. Are we answering this this question, Ross? Yeah. Hey, assholes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. All right. Wait. Hold this on. Is our, so, this this is guy a... called us an asshole. Oh. I'm not so sure if I even want to 
answer this. That's that's <laughs> somewhat rude. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's read the rest of it. Anyhow, Eric Pierce. We're moving on to fan questions now, gang. Wait, you're going to say his name wrong? Eric Price, excuse me. It's far away. <laughs> hey, he called us an asshole. We can, we can, I can say whatever I want. Call Pierce him. Price. I'll call him Air Dick if Eric I want. Because <laughs> I used to call my friend Eric in high school. Air Dick. It's <laughs> kind of funny. But anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Eric. Eric Price says, hey, assholes, answer my original question. I guess you missed it somehow. Did you... So do you lift to get better at parkour, or did you just fall in live with it separately? I don't know if you meant love with it. Fall in love with it separately. Also, what helps your jump length more, deadlifts or squats? Uh, I'd like to hear all of you answer this one. Thanks. Love you. He says love you, so we're going to answer it. You first. Okay. Um, Two questions. Did you get into lifting after parkour, or... Oh, did you get li- did you start lifting to get better at parkour, or did you fall in love with it on your own? And then, which better squats I or deadlifts? Definitely started lifting to get better at parkour. Did I? Just, I not because yep, it was just, just like something fun to do. Yeah, I didn't even I really get exposed to it until until uh, I was in parkour. If it's practical, and it's already hard for me to lift, even though I know it's good for parkour. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you yeah. jump further than anyone, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can take twenty five foot high. So jumps, to the first so, yeah. one, we all agree. <laughs> We did it to get better at parkour, at least all the three of us. Did. Okay. And from what I understand, as for your second question, um, which will help your jump, jump length more, deadlifts or squats? It's deadlifts. Deadlifts for sure. Deadlifts, yeah, deadlifts. are getting that posterior chain. You're going to get your glutes, your hamstrings. Those are the jumping muscles. Those are the hip quads. Open. Those are more for landing. When you're doing squats, you're doing more like quad work. And I mean, you're... I've been really trying to target my posterior with squats, yeah, yeah, which is something sure. that you guys might want to do too because a lot of us – Parkour athletes Squeeze are that butt when you're squatting. But yeah, squats are more for landing. And uh... well, that's one thing I've noticed though. People who do squats and do them really well have really good landings. Yeah. They have solid landings, like really good technique, and Max landing Henry. light. Max yeah, Henry is he Caleb Juliana. Yeah, Caleb. Um, other there's other people that if you've seen them, they, they do like a lot of squats. You can tell that it transfers over to their um, their landing. So it's and both of them are important. I think deadlifts are going to deadlifts for sure. More. And furthermore, on that, what I what I would recommend, and I'm not again the furthest jumper, but I can jump pretty far for my size. I would say um, you can jump a smidge. I can jump a smidge. I mean, I can, <laughs> been known to jump a thing or two. Uh, jump to power once. lift. Lift for power. Like don't. It's probably not going to help you as much going for your max deadlift as it is to like lift fast at a slightly lower weight, you know, whatever it is, maybe like seven. More explosive. Explosive. Explosive, exactly. Explosive. So train your explosive weight strength and then try to amp it from there on your deadlift. Don't, I mean, maybe once in a while it'd be really good to go for a max deadlift. I don't know how often it's actually beneficial. Maybe, maybe it's not at all. But another thing, a lot of people miss that last part of the deadlift, which is super important. Um, Stick your dick that, out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to thrust. You got to thrust. If a lot of people just like pull the weight up and they're just not even using their butt. Enough, oh yeah. You got to you got to hump right at the end. That's super important. Do it nice and thrustfully. <laughs> thrustfully. Yeah, lean back. Your shins should be vertical. Your shoulders should be retracted and everything. And you're just humping that bar. Oh yeah. You'll grind in that bar. I've got shin scars now cuz I'm doing deadlifts right from dragging that bar up my shins. Yep, keep um, it close. Keep it close. Your hips and shoulders should be going up, I think, at the, the same rate, like, basically. What a lot of people do is they'll stick their ass out and then unfold. Yep. And that's not what you want to do because that's going to be just lower back and shit. I mean, that's helpful for your lower back. But 
you want to actually... That's what you do straight leg for anyway. So yeah. do the right fucking... So do like... Do it right. <laughs> do like hips and shoulders moving up at the same time. And it's it's hard, but you had to work at a lower rate. Find somebody who knows a lot about powerlifting to critique you and make sure your form is on point before you move up to... And then likewise with squats, I would say what I've been told, slow on the way down and then powerful on the way up. Yep. So eccentric, like load it, try to go slowly on the way down. And then when you hit that bottom, squeeze your dick or ass... And just <laughs> and just well, push that weight up again. Actually, I'm curious about that because that idea, I think, I think it comes from the idea that you're doing squats to improve your jump. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that the squat is best. Well, on the for way down, landing, I mean, landing, yeah. So in your landing, you're actually coming, coming in down hot. really fast, and you're going to be landing and trying to absorb quickly. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if you might want to. That's switch another that thing up. actually I've heard is yeah, maybe, maybe do both. Maybe I've heard both. Try. I've heard both. Yeah, and the other one would be go down and up fast, but you have to be in control. You don't want to blow your knees out because you're just sinking into like. So you're talking fast about a faster squat. rate of deceleration. Fast rate of deceleration, but at the bottom you have to slow it down like yeah. a boss. You can't just yeah. like bounce out of your like yeah. joints yeah, or whatever because yeah, yeah. that's not going to be healthy. I don't think. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. At the agree. same time, don't you want to use uh, elasticity when you when you jump? So you no, no, no. But we're talking about landing. But even landing, like you might get some good effects from absorbing through the elastic. Well, what about response. for plyos and stuff? So that's I'm just for saying, plyos too. Yeah, to think about maybe at a good points. Weight. All good points. Probably going to mix it up. Probably the good, best way to get strong, anyways, okay. is to mix. Probably it up. Probably don't want to do that at max weight. weight. You're not doing that at max weight. Lifting is probably going to be an entirely different topic for another day. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll cover lifting one. another time. Thanks for bringing those up. We hope you covered it this time enough for you, Eric. Uh, moving on to the next questions. Okay, we've got. We only have five today. Actually, I don't. I haven't checked my phone in a while. But those don't too bad. Me. So we've got five <laughs> questions. We've got Vinny Squeege Fiaco. Squeege. This guy's a. Yeah. He's a. He owns the Apex Denver movement. gym right now. Not owns, but or general manager. General manager. Um. He's, one of he's a big friends. boy. He's, a he's big running boy. it right now. He's a big now. boy. He started parkour a little bit after I did. I remember I was in, like, I'd just gotten out of class when he was taking it for the first time. And uh, he's a hilarious guy. He's been around for a long time. He, oh, Speaking he's of so Italians, funny. he is the most Italian. He's the most Italian from New York. He is talking so mad funny. shit. He's, he's a, real good at it. He's the best at it. <laughs> Sometimes when Vinny's around and someone just needs that shit said to them, I don't, I just know. I'm just like, I just. Vinny's going to say something, and I, I really want him to say something. <laughs> I'm just hoping it's going to happen. And sure enough, within about 30 seconds, he's going to drop a bomb or two he's... on somebody. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm just going to be like, thank you. I'm going to look back at him. Thank you, Vinny. Sometimes people can't he's handle just, it in Colorado. We're too polite here or whatever. I mean, he's just an East Coaster. He knows what he's saying. He's East Coaster. He he's got that fire. Okay, right. His question, wolf dick, elf dick, or dragon dick? Which would we rather have? Dragon dick, first of all, I know that, like, this is a thing. I don't even just know dick this, this is. By the way, this is something I used to live with Vinny at Le Chateau uh, two years ago um, in Boulder here, and we came up with this. I don't remember why, but you had to choose, basically, which one describes you best. I'm dragon dick through and through. Does your... Well, full-blooded wait, dragon what, what dick. Does your dick breathe fire? Like dick breathe fire, and uh, I'm, you're the dragon for Chinese Zodiac or whatever. And, wait, uh, what are the other options? Elf dick and wolf dick. Oh, well... Well, we know my dick's a little bit bigger than an elf dick. <laughs> well, I, I kinda, I, is, this doesn't seem like it's about size. It's not about like size. It's, it's about, about character. character. But I kind of like elves. I mean, if I actually had a dragon dick, then I'd be like more dick than person. That, and that's, that's, you guys wouldn't even be able to. But it would still breathe fire, so it wouldn't <laughs> <Yeah>. matter. <laughs> 
I don't even know how to answer this. Give me more background on this, Clay. Uh, I'll tell you who's... I can't, I don't remember the background because it was so long ago. Um, the girl we were living with, Alex, you know, French yeah, yeah. Alex, she's an elf dick, if that helps you. <laughs> uh, I think Amos was a wolf dick. I'm thinking wolf. And... Because you Vinny, know wolves like Vinny, to do the Vinny was an elf dick, I think, actually. Maybe he wasn't. I don't remember. I feel like I don't fit into these categories. You can come up with a whole new category. He's a honey badger. Oh, sloth dick. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, we got a new one. along. What's Knox? I'm going to just, I'm going to stick with the question. I'm going to go with wolf dick because I like to be around people and they like to be in packs. Okay, if we're sticking with the the question, then I guess I'll be elf dick. We're not. You were dragon, you were wolf, (laughs) I'm elf. Cool, let's move on. Well, you're the most magical of all the dicks, at least. (laughs) This is true. Okay, cool. (laughs) You got powers. I mean, dragons are pretty magical. That's true. I'm going with the tiger if we're. Anywho. Anywho, okay, next next question. We got Brandon help with a lot of questions. We're gonna help. Pick. You're discontinued. Okay. What do we? What do you think are the differences, yeah. bro? <laughs> what do you think are the differences in mentalities from other communities of movement arts, such as dance, capoeira, tricking, b-boy, circus, flow arts, etc.? Wait, what do I? I heard all the other communities. What was the? First what do you one? think the are the differences in mentalities from uh, other communities of movement? Dude, the dance communities. I haven't been in any other ma- any other communities except dance. Like just so positive. I think the dance community is super dope in the, the way they're they're all very much like family, in a way that we are too. But um, it's it's more emotional, sarcastic, like yeah. than sarcastic there. And like, yeah, we're kind of like, and I think every community is different. Colorado parkour community, even the Boulder community versus Denver community is going to be different. Um, certainly in Colorado versus like New York, Florida, Virginia, wherever you're from, I think they're all super different. If you're asking about these two communities help, I think the dance community, we can, what I would like to it's borrow like from there is, love, man. there's a lot of genuine love and opening up, and uh, I think what it is is between levels. For parkour, I think that a lot of times it's easy to create, like, kind of, not clicks, like, it's not like we don't really, like, want to hang out with certain mm-hmm. people. But it, just there's a certain since parkour <laughs> takes you to certain heights and levels in different areas. Yeah, you literally level, you literally don't end up training with those people, and then you don't want to train with them later because it's just like okay, well, I'm training up here on these things, and you're doing these things down here. We're literally like in separate areas, mm-hmm. and I think that lends itself towards like maybe a little bit of a disconnect between levels. Mm-hmm. Whereas with tricking or dance or whatever, you're still you're using the same space regardless of how of how good you are. That's a good so it's insight. Hard to like for them, yeah, it's, everyone's it's kind of for them on the same playing the field. Yeah. Whereas for us we have to like we well, have to strive to be like okay, we got to keep this together. And in dance like everyone's learning the same choreography and the same moves at the same time and like they're experiencing something more as one unit. Whereas, like, everyone in parkour is almost more on an individual journey, especially in their training. They're often, yeah, like, sure. working on something for them. Yeah. And rather than all working towards something together. Um, obviously, there's, like, performances and stuff where parkour athletes are teaming up and uh, video projects and whatnot. But but I feel like when the dancers, they have a performance, I mean, at least from, like, my experience of them, if they're not doing some sort of corporate job and they're doing a performance – they're doing a performance with love to give to their community. Yeah. We don't have parkour performances like that. We're, like, getting paid by well, some assholes. Not only that, the, jumping, the, the you know? dance, so. they, like, dance culminates to a performance. Parkour yeah. culminates to, like, a video. Yeah, for sure. Or, or, or just, or just doing it, it. Or just doing it, you know? 
and having the experience in your back, in your memory, in your, in, you know, just in your life. Actually, thanks, Hal, for that question. That actually made me think of just, I don't know. It thanks, question. I'm going to go cuddle my, myself. Yeah, that's a uh, real good question. Um, and I think, like it, Dylan touched on, the insight might be that the, the way the sports practice often can influence how people interact. So the second part of this question, which is, it's tied to the same thing, which is, do any of you have backgrounds in other sports slash disciplines, and how do you think those shape your mentality and physicality in your training? Dylan, big b-balling over here. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, so I started with <laughs> basketball. Uh, I was, like, really the only other, th- well, I think that's pretty much the only other thing that I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I played, like, football for fun outside. <laughs> I never, like, played on a team yeah. or anything. But yeah, my, my background was basketball. And I started pretty young. Like, I was I was maybe, like, before middle school, like, a little grade school kid playing basketball. And that definitely shaped my, like, physical... I don't know if it shaped my mental aspects of training, but I definitely... It, it helped my jump, for sure. Well, for your sure. ankles I mean, for I, the agility training, oh, right? Yeah, actually, that was a good point. I noticed this um, as far as, like, when you're dribbling and you're, like, moving, like, in lateral motions with part, with basketball... Um, you're kind of like, you have to go like sideways really quickly you're and transition. Yeah. When you're like cutting across, um, you're actually strengthening those like sides of your ankles a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I noticed like my ankles are strong as fuck. Like I, <laughs> I don't, I have never like rolled my ankle. I've gotten compressions and, um, I've like pulled my Achilles it's a little a hefty bit, ankle, but buddy. my ankles are really strong and I think that has something to do with it. And then of course jumping, I mean, when you're, Jumping to do like a layup, or I used to like be able to dunk and stuff. I still dunk, but um, <laughs> off two legs, off of one leg, off no legs, no legs. <laughs> off no legs, no legs, Duncan Dylan Vega. <laughs> no, but um, those those movements feel very similar. Like the layup and the dunk are very similar to the running jump. Yeah, in terms of biomechanics. Cool. Uh, we've run over mine a little bit. Skateboarding, I think that helped my. Mentality. The way the mentality, yeah, just the way like I approach parkour is very much like I approach skateboarding, and that's often just the same thing. You're often making video lines. You want to make either one really beast trick or several like cool tricks linked together to make a line, and often enough you're gonna have to take um, a, a large commitment and just really know yourself and. I've actually gotten a lot better at it with parkour because in skateboarding, the mentality was a little bit more accepting of of just falling. Like, you eat shit all the time, man. It just happens in skateboarding, bro. <laughs> but now, uh, so, like, I, I hope that, you know, I've, I've fully gotten over that, I feel like, now. But uh, I definitely may have allowed myself to get hucked around more <laughs> in the beginning of parkour. I never really had, like, injuries that resulted from it, I would say. Um, but sometimes I would be overcommitted because I've had a lot of experiences in my life where I'd be like, I got this, and I would have it, but sometimes I don't have it, yeah. <laughs> and it's hard sometimes to know the difference if you, and that's why I really, like I mentioned last podcast, if I get injured, I really have to sit down and think about it a long time, because I want to make sure I'm learning from it, and before that, I was soccer, I actually, state tennis champion when I was in like third or fourth grade, <laughs> no big deal, I got a little lateral movement there, Holla. Nice. yeah, uh, number three singles, I wasn't the beastliest kid, but I was number three or two singles I don't know which one probably three <laughs> one won the little trophy there and uh, s- snowboarding actually I've been I was a, a very avid snowboarder for a long time actually you're I, a beast skier I too. skied for since I was like since I was four to walk 
Like, I was, I was a little tiny little kid with my mom, and she had that little bungee cord between mm-hmm. my two siblings. Oh, I did that, too. And I was like... Did you have... You, you didn't have any older siblings, though. You were, I did that for a long time. I My brother was two years older than me, so I often got started with movement skills two years earlier or something like... Or at least a year early, because my brother would learn to ride a bike, and at three, I was riding a two-wheeler. <laughs> just because I had to learn at the That's same time dope. as him. And there's, like, some hilarious home videos of me with my helmet, like, too big for my head, falling over my face. I'm still cruising around the cold side. <laughs> right, what about you, Knox? Uh, I played soccer for, like, 11 years. That's uh, why you got those beefy legs, some legs. I, I, you know what's funny? In my movement, I like to do fast, like, parkour, but not parkour. I mean, it's parkour, but with free running and flowy, it's all bullshit, whatever. I like it to be fast, and I can run pretty fast, but I don't like doing speed comps and whatnot. But I think that from soccer, there's definitely, like, the speed aspect. Um, moving along, I went and I did ice hockey and tennis for a short while because I just was not down with, like, soccer anymore. I just It just got really competitive once I got into high school, and I did it because I thought it was a lot of fun, and it just wasn't fun for me anymore. So I just wanted to try something else. Um, but as I was in college... I started doing Kung Fu. So I did Kung Fu for a few years. Um, after, like, maybe three years, I was trying to learn how to do a beach twist for one of my forms. That's how I found parkour and free running. saw a video of uh, the three-run guys. Um, and so the Kung Fu actually helped shape my parkour. And yeah, you definitely have it. It's like I like things to be flu- fluid and flowy. You're always but... focusing on, like, the transitions. Uh, yeah, it's all about, like, the transitions. Many, like, what am I going to do? One step? And what's my step going to look like? I know yeah. this out about you. So. Yeah, it's like I definitely want my transitions to be really smooth. Um, that's super important for me. So I just like to be, like, fast and smooth. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't. Like, like a seal. Yeah, like like a seal. Much like yeah. a seal. That's my spirit animal now seal is dick. a seal. Seal dick. I got a seal dick. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, I mean, I guess, guess that's it. All uh, right. I mean, let's move it along. Let's get a couple more. So let's knock these out. Brandon Halp asked another yeah, question. Again, Halp? No, no, no. He's not going to get it. That's what oh, I was he's off. We're cutting him off. You're going to cut off, Halp. He already asked, like, sub-questions in you that You put one, that right so. back in your bag. You that got one's t- just... I'm not even going to say it. Okay. Okay, moving right Next. along. We got two more questions. This one's from Jared Davis. Uh, what are your long-term goals in parkour? Do you guys feel like parkour will always have an influence in your life? Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> Start with no. Go ahead, go ahead, Nox. Um, long-term goals. I hope that I can do parkour for, I mean, I'm not going to do it at the same level as I would do it now or even, I mean, I hope to be able to do parkour at a pretty high level for another 10 years. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's so easy to change your style of training or your training methods in order to continue to, <laughs> like, do it. You know, even if I wasn't able to do B stuff, I would just be, like, crawling around, rolling around, doing, like, really low-impact flow stuff. Like, uh, who's that guy out of Denver that he was like, what puff dude, he, he does Brian a, Taylor, Brian Taylor. Like he does a lot of flowy, like break dancey mm-hmm. stuff now. And I think that my style would change to allow me to still like move. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me as like an athlete, um, that's probably what would happen. And then hopefully like I'll be involved in parkour through Merm mm-hmm. and that's probably going to be a lifetime thing. That's what I'm hoping for it to be. So. All right, jumping off from that point, uh, totally on board with that. Like for me, definitely, Merm is like one of the reasons why we founded the company. For me, especially, was to like I can hopefully bring myself into to stay in the world of parkour, 
no matter, you know, even when I'm dead, like, we can leave a lasting, you know, yeah, we exactly. can hand this company off to, like, future generations of hopefully beast athletes that we've gotten to sponsor and ring up and, like, I mean, I'd like to become a brand like much, much like in the world of skateboarding, where they have brands like Baker Skateboards. Holla at your last name, um, which <laughs> is a, just so one that I'm naming out because Andrew Reynolds is one of my favorite skaters, and he's legendary, and he's um, one of the founders of that brand. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can create culture and uh, and bring a lot of good things to the world of parkour through Merm, and even change it and hand it off and continue it to the next generations and beyond. Um, as far as like my long-term training goals, very similar to Knox. I just hope to, I keep training for, for life. Um, and there's definitely a lot of things like I want to still be what I would consider beasting out right now for the next several, like five to 10 years and getting some of the best, most challenging techniques down. There's a few things that I've wanted to do. Um, but most, for the most part, there's, there's mostly just an empty, uh, just uh, infinite void of, of things yeah. that I'd be interested in. You know, yeah. once I kind of have dialed in a trick or or whatever, um, my interest might change dramatically. I mean, I think with parkour and, uh, in general, it's fun to learn. Yeah. It's like even if you're not learning, uh, like he was talking about mentality. Even if you're not learning a parkour movement or a free running trick or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's still it's fun to learn things and have new challenges in life. So yeah. whatever that brings, I'm going to be stoked on really. Yeah. And so that mentality for sure, parkour, parkour will, will always have an influence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just so the way I approach things and the way I look at the world, I'm sure like it's going to be impossible to, to not have an influence or be influenced by it. Cause I've spent so many years. This is the most I've ever invested myself in anything in life. I'm, yeah. You're so, always going to be looking at the top um, of things. I've never had a job this long <laughs> and I'm working in parkour. You know, I've never, really even done a sport this long except maybe snowboarding um which is kind of easy to do you only have to do it like for a few months every year um and uh been been this passionate about something so thanks jared jared's by the way is from origins uh vancouver yeah. community he's tall i haven't met him but he's Harry's tall, tall he's and a he's a super beast he's super dope <laughs> and i actually really dig your style I keep putting out all those um random videos of you doing stuff in the gym and outdoors because uh it's really cool to see him move he's got a unique style just because he's tall but also i mean i don't know why i don't think tall really is and he can do it he's not like ridiculously tall but guy's a stud first of all <laughs> handsome man and uh, so is dylan baker i want to so hear his dylan answer but yeah let's go ahead and move on to all right um you got a minute you got a minute as far as my own <laughs> like progression goes i i mean i've always taken more of an interest in the mental mental side of parkour so I mean, my goal, and it's kind of a lofty goal, but I really want to get to the point, and I, I feel like I'm getting there. I don't know if I'll ever get there to that, that cusp, but being able to train anything without fear, um, but literally just being able to analyze it in a way that I understand it and I can just do it without being fear at any, being afraid at any moment, um, whether that's before I do it or before I understand it. Um, so that's kind of one of my. Does goals. that include yeah. moves that like aren't necessarily scary for the sake of like your life or anything? Because so, like, I had a similar like, goal. I've had a similar goal and way I've looked approach to training is like I wanted to be able to anything I could imagine myself doing, I could do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like even if it's not necessarily a parkour movement, just like let's say there's this thorny bush or something. Like oh, I think I could like dive backwards through that and just be able to execute because. I'm so body aware. 
Yeah, I mean, it, at a certain point, there's like a, there's like a translation between like your what you can do like from a movement standpoint. If you become like really comfortable with your body, there's mm-hmm. a point where you don't have to analyze as much, and you can just mm-hmm. like tell that you can do something. Um, so to a certain extent, I, I think that is the case. But um, are you hoping to be able to follow through with some of that stuff? Like suppose. Just suppose there's just this beam. You're on top of a building. There's just a random beam, like, just say, 10 feet out, and it's like a two-by-two-foot block. You're like, dude, I could totally side-flip that, and I'm not afraid. I'm like, I know that if I side-flipped that, I would land right on that. But you could fall if you went, if you shorted it or went to the sides. Like, are those things that you're going to be like, well, I, I mean, want to do a, those things? There's a couple things that need to come into play. Like, do I, if I, one, do I want to do it? Yeah. Two, am I capable Three, do I have a bailout? <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of like pieces that come into come into play, and I think. But ideally, um, you see yourself. I mean, I definitely would like to do just some doing things like that. Maybe that some ridiculous just, stuff, but that's but really not out ridiculous. there from like just from someone, an outsider's perspective. Yeah. But just but just being super sound of mind and just knowing that you can do that it at and no being point totally that, fearless. Yeah, that at no point in that scenario was i afraid not at the beginning yeah. not during it and not, not after, after just being totally calm and totally clocked Dude, in. i and feel I, that and i think that's yeah, that's, that's a dope. big goal for me i've always wanted to be just someone who's just super present even in a moment where when it looks like you might be like where you'd have to be in some uncertainty or whatever right um that's, so that's super huge i felt that in that one tiny little cat leap the other day oh yeah because <laughs> it was so well within my capability but I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes I look at two flagpoles on the side of the building, yeah. and I'm just like, there's no reason why I couldn't last shade it from this, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just ridiculous to have the ground. Yeah. But anyhow, go ahead. I mean, that's part of reaching your potential, too. You know, it's like you have this idea of like what you want to be capable of, and it's like, are you going to be able to achieve that? And that's just going to be like, you're not going to know until, you know, it happens. Yeah. You give yourself some time. And then maybe you'll be at a point where you're like, I didn't maybe I didn't get there, but I'm stoked. I got there this far. Whatever. Uh, yeah, sometimes you have to make unreasonable goals yeah. to be able to accomplish really big things. Shoot for the stars. <laughs> so you're gonna say something about Merm now, obviously. Because... Yeah, obviously. Okay, so <laughs> all right, we don't got time for that. Let's go to the next question. We know you love Merm. We love you. Do you love Merm? Unless you really have to say it. He does. Don't no. I do love Merm, and I <laughs> I do agree with like I wanting to make a lasting impression. But on the on the others. Not on the other side of that. In the same vein, I want to kind of leave my mark as far as teaching goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to do like a little bit more with that as far as like getting out to more people. Like what the way I view my training and how I think. Which people... I think is going to be one of the best ways you can influence and leave your mark. Yeah, definitely. Like... And I want to. I think maybe like through um, like seminars or no, it's just, like workshops and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And maybe through like some of these online courses that I'm coming up with. Um, that I think will like really encapsulate my training style and what I think is like a really good way to train and progress safely and effectively. Well, um, you certainly have the credentials. Thank um, you. So yeah, let's move on. We got last question here. Um, this one is from Alex Winslow, and I was super excited to see that he um, asked us a question because I remember watching his video. I think. It's called Sheffield Movement. He's a beast. Back in 2009. Dude, he was doing some OG shit. And he, um, he was one of my, that was one of my favorite videos that, of that Yeah, time. you guys just like had me watch it. It was super dope. Yeah, we actually sat I mean, especially it. for 2009. Before, the, some, before I was even doing parkour. Like, stuff. Yeah. As I said, it was a pre-Dougie era. No, he was, um, he was just like really, he's just a technically sound, like really 
really good, like, all-around parkour athlete. So, yeah, he's... Um, What's his question? Legit. Shout out to Alex Winslow. So his question is, are you guys interested in the development of speed comps? Um, so we talked about this in um, another podcast, another episode, but yeah. um, Brandon and I have both done multiple speed comps. I've won a couple. Brandon is notorious. I'm on a streak right now. It's comps. probably over. <laughs> it's the probably next one I'm going to lose for sure. I'm going to oh, get last man. place. What are you at? Like five in a row? I've just got five in a row. Oh no God. big deal. Some of like the biggest ones too, like the NAPC. He won the Tempest Games. Tempest Games, like the Apex one. They didn't put a video out because they're worried they just they didn't win or something. I don't know, but he won. I, I've heard that they still might put a video out. I hope they know. do. I want to see your runs. Yep. But yeah. Anyways, I mean, yeah, we're definitely really involved in that. I I think it's cool because it's totally it's not subjective in any way. It's like. They give you a course, and you might have, like, different options through different areas, and you can just say, like, I'm, I'm going to go this way, and the person who ran the fastest wins. It's not like, it's not like oh, yeah. I liked that thing, and I'm going to give it a 70 or something. Like, <laughs> that guy won because he went the fastest, and he, he used the course in the way the that was way, the best way to use it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it, especially, you know, we talked about longevity in the, in the sport. Um, obviously I, I have, we, we talked about our goals or whatever, but that'd be another great way for me to stay involved with the parkour, parkour community globally even. And I would love to be down. I mean, I helped put together the most recent invitational, uh, the Nat Jam in Colorado here because I wasn't, um, wanting to compete. Ken Johns won everything, by the way. Shout out to Ken Johns. Yeah, Ken Johns Back to Alex Wilson's question. And so, yeah, I think course design is something that I'd really like to get into. I like course designing. Yeah. I teach a class where I design courses every week and it's challenging sometimes to come up with stuff that's creative, but that's some of the funnest courses when I'm trying to get really weird with it and uh, or try to put some of my own training into into the course, see what my students do with it. Um, and like you said, it's like one of the most pure forms of competition and there might be even um, there's whispers of uh, Olympic Olympic event for for parkour speed athletes. So you know, I don't want to blow anyone's load, but uh, <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know. I I can't promise that. I'm just saying that there, there's whispers of that. That could be something that um, who knows? Hopefully, I could get involved in if if that does happen. Um, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why. Uh, again, with with companies like Merriman Apex Movement, it's kind of nice to get get in, get yourself into a, an area where you can actually leave a mark and, and participate in some of the cutting-edge stuff on in the parkour community at large. Yeah. The, one, the last thing I want to say on that um, is kind of from the mental side. So a lot of times you don't get to, with parkour, you're just like out training, you're just like casually walking around, okay, I'll do this jump, oh, okay, I'll do this little movement. Um, but with the with the speed comps, it challenges you to actually think of it as like maybe an like efficient mm-hmm. thing where it's like not only is it – um, maybe a little bit of like pressure. Maybe you have like a little bit of adrenaline. People are there's like a lot going on. Everyone's watching you. Maybe so you're in this kind of high pressure situation, which might kind of simulate what it would be like to be chased by something, like a, you know, like an actual dangerous situation. And it also encourages you to actually link a bunch of movements together effectively, yeah. which you don't see a lot of. Really, like, do. you don't see people doing like thirty second runs. It's no. not super common. 
Um, so it challenges me personally, like some of these longer runs, like some of these last courses. Someone's got like a small gas games, tank. I've got a t- small gas <laughs> tank. I can do a few jumps real good, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gasping out, you know? <laughs> like I have a lot of like fast twitch muscle, and when I get past a certain point, I just start to poop out. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I think that's, yeah, that's one of the best things about competition is you expose those areas in your game often mentally sometimes. Or often mentally sometimes. But, <laughs> like, often mentally you're having to analyze, why am I scared? Why can't I perform at a level, like, where some of these other guys are at? And where the other guys are at comes into play is you don't necessarily want to compare yourself to people, but you do get your mind blown about what's possible, and it can help you redefine how to train and help you redefine what's possible in your mind and and release you from some of those limits and uh, just be inspired by all those guys. All right, we're way over time. <laughs> This is gone. All right, we've got all the fan questions are done. Thanks for the questions, Hala. All the stuff. Uh, There was one last one from Bear Renda, which we can finish on because it's a real short one. It's a one word each. (laughs) That's all we're going to get. Okay. What animal would you say is the best at parkour? And then Opa Opa is what they say. Are you kidding me? Gibbon. Gibbon. They're good at swinging. That's squirrels. Squirrels, okay. I'm going to go with macaque. It's a kind of monkey, the macaque monkey. Uh, famous for its long dive con, which is one of my favorites. What was that one word, bro? It's M-A-C-A-Q-U-E. No, I'm Dude, saying... Dude, cats are so bad. Yeah, macaque. The answers were supposed to be one word. Well, he blew it already I when he said they can it. swing. But I was just commenting on yours. They can swing real far. But squirrels can jump. I've seen them take 13-foot height drops, like, no problem. And proportional to them, that's like a fucking building. You know what I'm saying? And they're just like, good. <laughs> just like. Special mention to cats. Special, yeah. Cats mention to any cat, big, medium, or small. They're dope. I like cats. I'd, I'd like to they're be a jaguar. Super cool. Very much so. All right. Any last words, gentlemen? And, uh, we'll see you next time. Hype week. drop! We got Hype some. Hype drop! And we're oh, out. Yeah.